Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. In this podcast, you'll learn actionable strategies to deal with infertility from Dr. Michael Chapman, or Prof as he's affectionately known. Prof is the co-founder of IVF Australia and is a leading Australian infertility specialist who has helped over 3,000 couples realise their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. That first cry of a baby born after the long journey of IVF remains one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. As an obstetrician and an IVF specialist, I've had the privilege of experiencing this over many thousands of times in my long career, but I still remain moved by each baby's first cry. It signifies the end of a long journey and the beginning of a new life. This is Professor Michael Chapman, co-founder of IVF Australia and host of the IVF Journey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To access all the previous episodes, head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. So one of the problems I think IVF has created, particularly as it's not highly successful on a month-by-month basis, is media coverage of what are alleged to be new discoveries. The media loves them, and the reason the media loves them is, I presume, is that the population reads newspapers because they love to hear that the world is changing, that somebody somewhere has found something that will alter the lives of, of either themselves or others, and particularly in fertile couples, when they read an article, and there's one recently out of Toledo in, in the US, some discovery about a new structure within the sperm that they claim may explain and be allowed to produce higher success rates for infertile couples. And it really is uh, extending a scientific discovery into something a fairy tale and we get this all the time with major breakthroughs why do people announce things well there are a couple of reasons why people announce things the first one is if you're a researcher and you are doing something you want the world to know about it so you know, if, you, if you achieve something that's a bit new it's rewarding for you as an individual and the university in fact, encourages it to go to the media and say, we've discovered something new. And the first thing the media says, will it improve fertility rates? And no matter what you say as a researcher, and however conservative you are in terms of your comment, it will be construed around as a major breakthrough that may bring the opportunity for 
some patients who've never been able to get pregnant before to get pregnant. That goes into the media, and so people reading it think, oh, that's fantastic. And the guy who did the research thinks he's great because he's got his name in lights. Uh, so that's one reason. That guy's also quite keen about being having his a name in lights because he'll get asked to a conference and to give the talk to other experts in the field. He'll also potentially be using that publicity as part of his efforts to get more research funding from the university or from outside bodies. You know, I've, I'm a high-profile person now because I'm in the media, and therefore I'll get more funding. So good reasons to do it. It becomes slightly more sinister, however, when we move into the commercial world of, of IVF. And certainly we are criticised for this criticised for announcing breakthroughs under the banner of one or other of the fertility specialists or fertility groups. And the reason that that's happening is that, again, what they're fighting for is people, patients to come to them rather than to another clinic. And what they're trying to say is, we're a better clinic because we get breakthroughs in IVF. 95% of breakthroughs have subsequently been proven to be nothing, nothing more than hype. And that hype is a major problem. The marketeers will twist results to make things look better than they really are. The media lap it up because, again, it comes back to the community. They like hearing good news stories. But unfortunately, it does present the problem of misrepresentation to our actual fertility patients. The ACCC are very concerned about this sort of publicity and so is the Fertility Society of Australia. And certainly during my time as president of the FSA, we have introduced a code of practice in relation to these stories. We now, clinics are not allowed to announce a breakthrough unless it has been published in a peer-reviewed magazine or has been presented at a conference where the selection of their talk has been chosen by peers and it's been assessed by peers. And I think uh, in the last 12 months since we brought that in, the number of, in quotation marks, breakthroughs has actually declined substantially. So I'm very pleased that Patients are not being misled by alleged breakthroughs. And optimistic views like this Toledo group being quoted as this may substantially improve the outcome for men with uh, male fertility. There's no evidence to support it. It's great that they've found a new discovery, but it'll be years before we know whether it actually makes any difference. I said that this had been going on for years, and, and I'd said certainly over my time frame of uh, 35 years in IVF, the number of times patients have come to me and actually said, oh, but, you know, I read in the newspaper that, you know, if you stand on your head in the corner, you'll improve your pregnancy rates. Should I do that? And you go and look at the paper and the publicity and it was just garbage. People claim that you could put eggs and sperm in the uterus and they would find their way to each other and create an embryo in the uterus after ovulation naturally. Then the first study came along and it was 10 patients and they got 50% pregnancy rate, which 
1990 when that were that, that was published people went oh ah and of course the people who did the next 20 patients got no pregnancies so you know people publishing on the basis of very small numbers is is it needs to be viewed with great suspicion and there there be multiple commentaries like that and to be honest the only major breakthrough perhaps I'll call it breakthroughs in infertility which really made a step forward in massively increasing pregnancy rates was ICSI intracytoplasmic sperm injection which was uh, first reported in 1992 by an Italian working in a Belgian uh, IVF unit and that has changed the world in terms of male fertility for men with low sperm counts or no sperm we were saying up to that point going the only way for you to have children is donor sperm we can now treat all those patients and use the sperm just by having a single one to inject into the egg the next major breakthrough was probably blastocysts so the our capacity to grow an embryo up to 5 days in the laboratory really turned the tide in terms of pregnancy rates per embryo transfer we moved from transferring on day 3 when we really didn't know whether those embryos were even going to make day 5 and attach to the uterus but by keeping in the laboratory for 5 days the best embryos declare themselves and so when we transfer those embryos they've got a greater chance of a pregnancy people talk about genetic diagnosis as being a breakthrough and certainly for for couples uh who have inherited diseases or carriers of hereditary diseases the fact that we can now choose an embryo that will never be affected is a huge breakthrough but that's a very tiny part of the population i have to say that i publicly in the last 5 years on a number of occasions said we would be testing every embryo because that's why we would improve pregnancy rates I've been proven wrong as has virtually the whole of the world. It's not the holy grail. It's certainly if you've got a whole collection of embryos available, choosing the best ones and not going through cycle after cycle of failure is a benefit. But in terms of actually ending up with a live baby, it hasn't been the big advance that it was hailed as. So, you know, life goes on and there will continue to be in quotation marks breakthroughs announced but be very careful because they're not always going to be true and the hope that they are alleged to carry in most cases won't change the world and don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF journey podcast from the navigation menu Thank you for listening to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman@ivf.com.au.